Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Recalibrating the Scales. I'm your host and Chief Executive Resolutionist, Normia Vasquez-Scales, at your disposal. Treating versus cheating thyself, that is. Are you settling for less? That's our topic today. Welcome back yet again, ladies and gentlemen, to another mentally stimulating broadcast this evening. I trust that you've endured a mutually invigorating week in exchange, my dear listeners. Please allow me to plunge into the topic at hand by sharing the moment that labored as the catalyst for the aforementioned topic. Everyone, in a nutshell, I had a moment earlier today in which I had been privileged with disposable time. Indeed, a much-yearned and sought-after moment proceeding a vigorous week, that is. Hence, I opted to voyage to a renowned coffee shop, which which shall remain nameless. I'm pretty sure you know which one I'm referring to. To indulge in a robust, hot chai latte tea coupled with a warm cake donut. As an aside, I relish old-fashioned sour cream cake donuts. I just adore them. Yet the barista declined warming the donut upon my request, so nevertheless, I consequently declined purchasing that scrumptious donut my taste buds were so poised to receive. As simple as it may sound, I merely, I couldn't bring myself to part with a cold donut because, quite frankly, it's rather lackluster and it's not as appetizing or savory as in its heated state. Case in point, I elected not to settle. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. However, there have been countless instances over the course of my past tense book of life, per se, that I have settled for less. I'm pretty sure we could all identify with this. So this encompasses everything from quality food to residential options. Yet as a whole, I've always been most inclined toward going for the gusto and settling for the best as opposed to less, ladies and gentlemen. I implore you, I implore you all to do the same. In fact, I declined a potential client this past week attempting to outright exploit me, for lack of a better phrase, as an entrepreneur by inadvertently offering an unreasonably nominal compensation to me in lieu of my services. Needless to say, I humbly applaud my courage to take a stand, to find comfort in diplomatically vocalizing the decline. So in layman's terms, I used my throat chakra for all of you yogis out there, and I Vocalize the no, very diplomatically and politely, of course. So how about you, ladies and gentlemen? Where do you rate yourselves on the no-dometer? Are you gravitating towards your authentic preferences, 
or are you merely settling for scraps? What are the indications, if so, of such? Have you established parameters to avoid habitually settling for less? Moreover, how does this notion correspond to your interpersonal and romantic relationship realm and sectors? So please bear in mind, as the old saying goes, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. That resonates sheer truth, might I add. So what I encourage and advocate for you all to do is to please clearly establish, set, and live by your respective standards. All right, so let's do a little little uh, sharing of information, okay? I've embarked upon some articles. Wanted to incorporate uh, as a bit of, you know, research, okay? So let's, this is what, um, pardon me, one particular author has to say is this is how you know you're not settling for less in life, okay? These are some indications. And this actually is actually written by Colleen George and thoughtcatalog.com, okay? So it says, please, you know, I'm paraphrasing, please don't settle in life. Just don't just merely settle through the days and years of your life, per the author. Don't let boredom or regret get the best of you. Don't allow yourself to give in to just a mediocre life, Okay. I know it's easy. It's simple to settle. It's simple to stop trying, especially when things become challenging or difficult. Settling can feel safe. And as all of you may well know, this platform does embody stepping outside of your comfort zone, stretching yourself, for lack of a better phrase yet again. Choose to do more with your life than just merely living it. Give yourself permission to be more than just okay And don't be afraid to lose the good for the great. So not settling. Let's just clarify, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, in in shorter terms, not settling doesn't mean that you have to travel the world. And um, it also, it doesn't have to be spectacular adventures on a daily basis. It can mean merely this, but it doesn't have to. Not settling means making more of your moments and more of your days. It means building up little bits and pieces of happiness wherever you can, wherever you you can find them to form an incredible life. It means surrounding yourself with people you love and people who love you in exchange. It also means caring about yourself, respecting your own values and your needs enough to know when to walk away from the situation. It means discovering the tiniest facets of the world around you, feeling the laughs of joy, experiencing the salty saline tears of sadness, noticing the way the breezy autumn nights make you feel invincible. It means soaking in the sparkling beauty of the fresh snow on a Sunday morning. Now, that's poetic. And these are paraphrasing her words. Love is supposed to be magical. I agree. It's supposed to improve you. It should lift you higher. So don't settle for anything less than Extraordinary, ladies and gentlemen. Genuine love. Don't chase after someone that stops chasing after you. Don't cease convincing people that you that that love you, uh, or 
cease convincing, uh, cease trying to convince others to love you. Uh, you do, you do deserve more than just these scraps. Uh, don't settle some, simply for someone because they're right in your midst and arms reach of you because they're there. It's not a reason to share your heart with someone. And don't allow, a tr- uh, don't settle for attraction when the conversations are shallow. Also, cease giving into seduction when there's no real authentic connection between you and your other opposing party. You truly should never feel like you have to surrender yourself to mediocre love when there's so much more for you out there. You deserve more. You deserve a person who wants to get to know your family, uh, who inquires about the details of your day, who wants to brag and boast about you to their circle, a person that knows conclusively how fortunate they are to have you in their company, to have you in their circle, in their lives. You deserve a person who exerts the effort. Effort conveys such a great deal about a person in their character, my dear listeners. But the effort, because they merely they, they desire to. Okay? They deserve, you deserve to... You know, basically hold out and be patient until you until you attract this, until that right person comes along. I know that sounds cliche. Work makes up a big chunk of, of our lives. It takes up hours, countless hours and hours of, it, of our days, of your thoughts. So you don't need to stay on a job. Now we're speaking in the employment context. That leaves you feeling lonely or drained. You shouldn't dread going to work every single day. This is your life. Life was meant to be enjoyed responsibly, yet abundantly. Okay? So you don't want your life to consist of countdowns day after day until work ends. I know that work can be wonderful, but even within the work sector, the career sector, please set your parameters. I've had to do so as of late. Or I'm carving out times in which I'm available to my clients, et cetera, during these set dates and times and windows versus others. It should not monopolize your entire life. So your work, your career, it should be a part of your life that you enjoy, and it should challenge you and help you to grow. If you hate your job, if you loathe it, then please, by all means, make a change. Take a leap of faith. You know, devise another plan because suffering isn't worth it. If it's not feasible to find a new job, make changes at your at your existing employer or with your existing employer. Think about what you could do to feel more passionate about your job or ways that you could feel more comfortable in your workplace. You want to feel like work encourages you and speaks to you. So merely don't just sit back and settle. Don't wake up to your alarm clock every day. I sure as heck don't anymore. <laughs> which is why I've opted for the lifestyle that I've chosen, which is entrepreneurship because and homeschooling. We're not quite as governed by the clock as we were, but instead we're governing, governing the clock. That is the, the design, ladies and gentlemen. You have a say in this, and you, you do, there, are, there are more things than not within your life and lifestyle that are within your control. So use that power. Is there something that you're passionate about? Pursue it, learn it, 
seep it in. Surround yourself with what brings out that sparkle in you. Share it, spread it, disperse it, make a community of it. Your passion should ignite you. They should create you. Don't settle for not caring about anything or for being passive about things you do care about. So we're all passionate about something. You haven't found your calling yet. So what? Start learning, start reading, start commence trying new things. Put yourself out there. You know, expose yourself in a healthy way. Are you passionate about writing? Start a blog. Are you passionate about singing? Start recording and sharing your songs. Maybe you're passionate about politics. Get involved with your local Democrat or Republican county society or independent. If you follow in the path of things that you care about, you'll find yourself in situations that draw or extract the best of you. So breathe in your passions and exhale new energy in life. Those are the words of the author. Don't ever settle with disliking yourself. There's no self-loathing here. Feelings of feeling uncomfortable in your own skin. If you settle for this, you'll never understand your worth. You know, it's virtually impossible if you do so to enlighten yourself as to your, what your strength is, of your strength itself. Instead, you'll hide away in the shadows and you will inhibit yourself from chasing after what you truly desire in this world. And I promise you have so much more to offer. There's no point in waiting anymore to be yourself. You don't need to wait to like yourself. Now is the time. Now. Stop waiting for an external measurement to determine your worth or some external measuring tool. Be that tool. You're worthy and you're valuable without meeting any certain standards. Set your standards, your standards, versus the contrary. Stop settling. To stop settling is to realize that you are inherently valuable. So by all means, please don't settle in your beliefs that you're not good enough. Feelings of inadequacy. Get to know yourself. Go on adventures. Make discoveries. Have epiphanies. Embrace what you love. Shy away or deflect negativity. You are a unique creation in this world, created by stars and magic and your higher power. In my world, I, in my realm, my higher power, as you well know, is God, Jehovah God. Not settling means making the most of this life. So make the most of every opportunity you see. Make the most of the moments you feel at peace. Make the moments of the moments you feel yourself changing and growing and evolving. Make the most of those times. Maximize them. Milk the times in which you feel most vibrant, most, most effervescent. And make the most of the people you love, especially yourself. Okay, so not rocket science. It's pretty commonsensical. So now with that being said, let's delve a little deeper, okay, this time. And let, let's explore, and this is another another finding that, that I've stumbled across, but let's explore whether or not you're settling in your relationship. Okay, so let's get a little bit more specific here. This is actually an article from my domain. 
And it's titled, Are You Settling for Less in Your Relationship? I'm going to paraphrase. Being in a relationship can have its fair share of ups and downs. It's not every single moment with your partner. Your significant other is going to be earth-shattering, for lack of a better word. But how do you know if you're settling for less in your relationship? What are those indications, my dear listeners? Since all relationships can have their challenges, it is paramount to be able to recognize the five key signs that you're settling for less than you deserve. Number one, you're with this person for the wrong reasons. That's pretty obvious. When you find yourself settling for less, then you, it's quite often, not uncommon, that you're likely um, with your partner for the wrong reasons. For instance, if you're in a relationship with this person because you're afraid of being alone, you wouldn't know how many times I've encountered individuals um, that are in that category who vocalize that very thing to me. You're feeling peer pressure from those around you, or you feel obligated to stay because you've been together for this extended, prolonged time interval. You're clearly settling for less in your relationship. You should have a strong desire in your heart to be with your partner, but if your reasons to stay together come from a place of fear rather than a place of love, it's time to sever this relationship and move on to greener pastures, to say the least, in every good way. Number two, you're treated poorly. Another key key indicator is that your partner tends to treat you badly. For example, if your partner is always disrespectful, rude, and always puts his or her needs over yours, you're clearly settling for and accepting less than you deserve from your significant other. Specifically, if your partner is physically, verbally, or emotionally abusive in any way, you're clearly in a toxic relationship. And I actually contemplated featuring an episode today on that very topic of toxic relationships. You know, what are the indications of that? But I'm going to save that and defer that for a forthcoming episode, perhaps the next episode or two. Uh, So if you're in that predicament, in a physically, verbally, or emotionally abusive relationship scenario, then you should end it immediately, okay? There are no qualms about it. A partner should treat you with respect, compassion, and gratitude, but if he or she is controlling, manipulative, and toxic to be around, it's time to say au revoir once and for all. Number three, you're unhappy. It's not uncommon, you know, to find yourself unhappy more often than not. And if you're staying with someone, even though you don't enjoy being with him or her, then you don't feel a real connection. And you find yourself actively going out of your way to spend time away from this individual. So it's pretty apparent that in that scenario that you're opting to settle. Relationships naturally have ebbs and flows, but if you're fed up with your partner and you're feeling uh, there, you're not there's you're getting no joy. There's no joy and gratification from investing time with this particular individual. Then this would be the deciding point, or basically that would be the crossroads, or not even the crossroads, but the indication that it's time to table to end, to sever that relationship. While it may be difficult, you know, it is, you know, it's time to be extremely honest with yourself. Do some soul searching. Evaluate your true feelings about 
your partner. If you see yourself happier without this person versus in their midst and in their company, then you're actually choosing to settle, unfortunately. Number four, you're not your true self. Oh, my goodness. Now, please bear in mind, disclaimer, that, you know, I I have in, in my past at some juncture, we've all experienced at least one of these scenarios in some shape, form, or fashion in my life. So I'm not saying that I've been exempt from these. I've made my share of faux pas throughout the course of my book of life, but I've also learned a thing or two in light of that. So essentially, I, I didn't lose. But getting back to number four, you're not your true self. An important sign, a blaring neon indicator that you're settling is that you're not your authentic self when you're with your partner. For example, if you're faking interest in pastimes and activities, lying about your past, being deceptive, um, as though you're basically wearing a facade, a mask, playing a role, then it's pretty apparent that, again, you're choosing to settle rather than finding a mate who appreciates the authentic, authentic you. Being your true self is at the heart, the core, of any long-lasting relationship of substance. But if you're fearful of, ex- of expressing and exposing your true thoughts and feelings and don't want to reveal things about yourself to your partner, you should look for a new relationship with someone who will get to know, appreciate, and love, and fall in love with that real authentic you. Number five, you're compromising too much. Now, I've actually had a friendship that ended very, very, very close friendship. And I just spoken about this to a newfound friend of mine. But as they say, as one door closes, so opens another. But one of my best friends and I, we ceased communicating over something very, very trivial, in my opinion. Um, but I did find myself compromising more than not. So and undoubtedly, it was time for us to um, make that bow out gracefully. It's not uncommon to feel that you have too, you have to give up too many of your hopes your dreams and priorities because of your partner. And while you can certainly compromise with your partners or your friends too, friends, family, this applies to all individuals, um, but or to that individual, whomever they may be, where to go to brunch, compromising, what type of ice cream to buy, what show you want to watch on Netflix or, or some other streaming medium. It's another thing to give up on important dreams and life goals in order to appease him or her. Okay, but there is there within reason. For example, if you truly want to have children, but your partner does not, staying with him or her despite this is a form of settling for less. You deserve, you are, it is warranted for you to be in a relationship with someone who shares and supports these types of major life choices. And you should not have to compromise to a point where you lose sight of what your priorities in life truly are. So those are five indications that you're settling for less in a relationship. So in closing, prior to closing, I would like to um, actually like, like to share another fortunate find here. Okay. But before I go into that, this is actually I'm saying, actually nine habits of people who never settle for mediocrity. 
Okay, so these are indications of the contrary. We've delved into basically um, what defines settling for less. We've delved a little further, highlighting um, toxic relationships, essentially, but settling for, for what selling for less in the relationship sector looks like. So now let's explore the nine habits of people who do the contrary, who never settle for mediocrity. Okay. And this is actually a find from Inc.com, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So here's the question. It says, okay, these are number one. People that never settle for less, they do the following, according to the source. Number one is they're advising you actually to pack your schedule. Most people waste a lot of time. And we just alluded to that in that prior source that I just shared with you. Usually 60 to 100 hours every week because they have too much downtime and are not busy enough. Make a schedule. Schedule every 30 minutes and fill it to the brim. Let it overflow with stuff, with things, things that, that excite you, that move you. It can be work, it can be sleep, it can be watching a movie, learning to play an instrument, what, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just pack it full so that you're the one in control of your time and so that you learn what you're capable of. Number two, do things no one else is willing to do. When someone says it can't be done or that it's impossible, be the person to, this, to defy that. Be the first one in line to test it out. Test it, see if it actually is impossible, and then make it work out somehow. That'll make you way above average. And there you have it. Number three, learn more than anyone else. Not just by studying school, but especially about yourself. Self-improvement. How can you enhance certain aspects of yourself? And how to master all of the areas of your life. Again, this episode correlates to that. That word, balance. Recalibrate, ladies and gentlemen. And find, reestablish, and sustain that equilibrium. Study every single day. Learn at least four and, and four, at least, sorry, learn at least four an hour a day by watching videos or reading. You'll be far more knowledgeable than the average person, which gives you more control over your life. Number four, read between two and four books a month. That's at least one every two weeks, maybe even one a week. Most people finish four books in a year. Challenge yourself to see if you can do six to 12 times that amount. Number five, bail the TV and video game addiction. If, you, if I meet you in 10 years, this is, these are the words of the author now, at the airport and ask you what you've done in the last 10 years, would you rather say, oh, I just watched a lot of shows and movies and I played a lot of games, nothing much, and I quote that? Or would you want to say, quote, I worked really hard on achieving my, my dreams. I became a master in every aspect of my life. I traveled the world, met amazing people, and finally got my dream job. So you're not just choosing this life in 10 years. You're actually actively living it now. Number six, wake up earlier than everyone else. If you can wake up early, it shows that you're in control of your life. Most mistakes, regrets, and bad decisions are made after 10 p.m. So go to bed early so you can wake up early and make better decisions, which lead to a better life, which gets you out of the average realm. Number seven, stop thinking of money as an evil thing. Money isn't everything. Money doesn't make you happy. Money corrupts. Those are all sayings of average people that never had any money. So how do they know? Sure, money isn't everything, and it alone doesn't create happiness, but it sure as hell 
is not what corrupts people. And I bet I could be a lot happier being rich than poor. I'm sure we, most of us, if not all of us, can attest to that. Money is almost everything. With money, we're free to do what we want. So stop thinking of it as this evil vice. Make it your duty to have it. Number eight, never surrender. Never surrender on the things you truly desire. Most average people give up as soon as things get tough and when they complain that they never got what they wanted. They complain that they never got what they wanted. So, of course, these things will become challenging. You'll cry. You'll become frustrated, angry, every possible. What do you want? What do you truly desire? Whatever it is, however impossible it seems, never surrender. Get it or die trying. This is the attitude of winners. And last but not least, nine, be excited. The average person is bored, upset, annoyed, or even all three simultaneously. If you want to be above average, then force yourself to be ecstatic about life. There you have it, voila. I hope that you take most, if not all, of these findings and all of this advice to heart. And I'd also like to, at this juncture, applaud my behind-the-teens scenes, Bradley, for all of your unwavering support amid the years. Coupled with all of you, magnifying listeners as always, spanning and speckling the globe. As you well know, this platform and movement rests upon your broad, sturdy shoulders. So, I implore you, humbly implore you, your continued listenership. Until the next episode, this is Normia Vasquez-Scales, signing off.